0: A new morning consult poll commissioned by Politico, a left-wing outlet, has terrible news for Democrats. Republicans are trouncing them on almost all of the important issues heading into the midterms. On handling inflation, voters favor Republicans over Democrats 46 to 32%. On the economy at large, voters trust Republicans 47 to 36%. National security, Republicans win 48% to 35%. Immigration, Republicans win 45 to 38%. On guns, Republicans take it by the same margin. And on energy, the parties are evenly split. But even those numbers don't tell the whole story. According to MSNBC, not exactly a conservative outlet, Democrats are in, quote, shellacking territory on all three aspects of their midterm meter presidential approval rating down at 40%, belief that the country is on the wrong track, that's all the way at 71%, and the generic ballot, which has Republicans up 2%. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's actually pretty significant when you look at all the races. Even that doesn't tell the whole story, because when you substitute in actual Republican candidates for the issues questions and the generic Republicans in these polls, the numbers look even better for Republicans. A new poll of the Florida gubernatorial race has Republican Governor Ron DeSantis up 16 points on his nearest challenger. That would be the former Republican, current Democrat, Charlie Crist. DeSantis is up 19 points on his next nearest challenger, Democrat Annette Tadeo, And he's up a whopping 24 points on the Democrats' former favorite challenger, Nikki Freed. If nothing substantially changes between now and November, the elections are slated to be an electoral bloodbath for Democrats. Republicans should run away with them by every meaningful metric if the elections are fair and square. It's a big if. Why aren't Democrats changing strategy on energy, national security, immigration, the economy, everything else? They're doubling down on all the same policies that are killing them in the polls, which can mean Only one of three things. One, they don't want to win. Seems unlikely. Two, they don't believe the polls. I guess that's possible. Or three, most disconcerting of all, they think they can win without the votes. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Eric Weininger, who says, as a Washburn University student, I've been hoping you'd stop by eventually. It was very hard to find information about your speech. We look forward to having you. I know I am speaking at Washburn University tonight in Topeka, Kansas. This has caused something of a hullabaloo. Not only are there planned protests, I guess, from some of the radical left-wing students, but the president of the university, Jerry Farley, has actually sent out an email condemning me Preemptively, before, before I said anything, before I even arrived to give the speech, this is the man who personally invited me to come speak. He signed the contract to invite me to speak today, which today I, apparently is Trans Visibility Day. He invited me on this day, and now he's trying to run away from that and hide that fact and, and say that uh, this is a horrible, terrible thing that I've provoked myself. No, I was invited to come speak. I was invited to come speak on the issue of transgenderism. I look forward to doing that. Actually, after President Farley at Washburn sent out this email condemning me, not exactly hospitable behavior. A- after he did that, I I made a proposal. I said, "Listen, President Farley, if you think that my views are condemnable and terrible and that I spread in his words hate and misinformation, well then I'm willing to share the stage tonight. President Farley, if you are watching this, I am more than happy to share the stage tonight." at your university, and you can cite specific examples of what you consider to be the hate and misinformation that I've spread. You can cite those examples, and we can discuss them. If if the issue that you've got is with the thesis of my speech, which is simply that boys are not girls, why, you can present your alternative thesis, and we can debate that as well. I'll debate the side that boys are not girls. You can debate the side that boys are girls, I guess, and we can have a respectful and civil debate. This is the spirit of free exchange and uh, an an open academic forum. I would be more than happy to do that. Or or President Farley can cower in his administrative office and defame me without stating any examples whatsoever and try to run away from the fact that he's the one who invited me in the first place. The choice is absolutely his. I have a speech prepared to give this evening on Trans Visibility Day. Uh, but I'm more than happy to throw that speech out the window and have an open debate on this question. Choice is yours, President Farley. If you're in the Washburn community, please feel free to pass my invitation along to him. We've got to protect our academic discourse. We've got to protect our schools. We've got to protect our homes, I say, which is why you need a ring. Right now, go to ring.com slash Knowles. You know about Ring's video doorbell. I've told you about it for years. You get to see and speak to whoever's at your door, wherever you are in the world. That's amazing. You probably even know about Ring's home security system. It's an award-winning home security system with available professional monitoring when you subscribe. Super easy to install. You can do it yourself. I need to hire a contractor to screw in a light bulb. Even I can install Ring. Well, now I've got to tell you about the next level. I've got to tell you about how you can go pro. That's right. Ring Alarm Pro is, according to CNET, a giant leap for home security. I think they're totally right. It helps protect me. It can help protect you. And what Ring Alarm Pro does is it protects your whole home, your physical home, not just from bad guys, but from freeze, from flood, from fire. Your physical home and your digital home. It protects your Wi Fi. It protects your home network. It protects everything. It's that whole home security system. If you haven't done it already, go pro right now with Ring's award winning alarm. Go to ring.com slash Knowles, L E S. That is ring.com slash Knowles. If the elections are fair and square, then the Republicans are slated to run away with them. That's a big if, isn't it? You know, part of this show was censored yesterday. The the show was not censored on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, on the audio podcast platforms. The show was not censored on The Daily Wire. So if you're a Daily Wire member, you got the full show. But if you were on some of the social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, this show was in part censored, not through my own desire, not through the desire of The Daily Wire, but because this show fell afoul of the guidelines. You see, there was an article published in Real Clear Politics, this is a very mainstream news outlet, citing a peer-reviewed scientific study of the 2020 election that raised some questions about the possibility of voter fraud and a stolen election. And it was an academic analysis, it's peer-reviewed, it checked all the boxes that we were told by the left we need to check, it was highly scientific. But because it contradicted the leftist narrative about the 2020 election, namely that you're not allowed to raise any questions really whatsoever, certainly about the outcome of the election, you're simply not allowed to to suggest that that maybe something was off there. That my reading, this peer-reviewed scientific study, fell afoul of the algorithm. We were not allowed to to do it. So one, it's a reminder that if you want to get the full show, you got to subscribe to the audio podcast, or better yet, subscribe to Daily Wire. But two, it shows you just the degree of censorship that we've got in this country right now. And we're not just talking about censorship of obscenity, censorship of threats, censorship of things that are ordinarily censored. The point of the First Amendment is to protect political speech. And here we are seeing the entire liberal apparatus censoring very relevant, very important political speech. So we're not allowed to do that. I I would not do it. I can't do it today. I'm not raising the question of whether or not the election was stolen. If you want to raise that question yourself, I would recommend you go check out this paper. You can read about it at Real Clear Politics or or go listen to the audio version of yesterday's show. At the very least though, what we are allowed to say according to our big tech overlords is that the election was rigged. Meaning, let's not we're not talking at all about whether it affected the results of the election, but sh- we can at least acknowledge that the Democrats changed the rules before the election. In most states, in some cases, in a way that was unconstitutional, like in Pennsylvania, where the, the Constitution prohibited widespread mail-in ballots, and yet they did it anyway. That was one way that they rigged the election. Another way is that big tech and the media censored relevant information about the election, most notably the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter Biden's laptop was discovered at a repair shop. There was a ton of compromise on it, a ton of evidence of a whole slew of crimes, personal crimes, sexual crimes, financial crimes. And this was blacked out. You wouldn't hear about it in the mainstream media. You weren't allowed to post about it on social media. You weren't allowed to privately message it on social media. And now, how many days has it been? It's now, it's been 532 days since that story broke since that story was denied by the establishment media. Now, 532 days later, CNN is admitting, okay, it was real. So there's a lot of issues that the the Justice Department has looked into, including, of course, uh, this laptop that uh, on the right wing has has featured a lot of of stories about, about Hunter Biden. We know the FBI has possession of it and that they believe it is his laptop, that the contents of it are his. Thank you, CNN. Thank you for telling us 532 days later what we've all known from the beginning, namely that the laptop is obviously real. It's full of a ton of photos of Hunter Biden. It's got all his photos, all of these, frankly, the emails are more damning than the photos because it shows extraordinary political corruption, financial crimes, not just from Hunter, but implicating the whole Biden family. And yet, when the story broke, we were told that this was disinformation, Russian propaganda and disinformation. Here's an article, article in Breitbart, 15 media personalities who immediately came out and said this was a total lie. MSNBC executive producer Kyle Griffin uh, said, uh, this is not censorship. Facebook is under no obligation to allow a disputed report that appears to contain disinformation to spread on their platform. So the executive producer at MSNBC said, oh, it's really good in the weeks before this presidential election that we're censoring damaging content about one of the candidates. The publisher of Inc. said basically the same thing. No serious journalist should fall for this disinformation. Wajahat Ali at the Daily Beast, this is Russian disinformation meant to harm our democracy, shouldn't be given platforms. Uh, truth or fiction.com, Brooke Binkowski. Uh, it's, it's easy to see who's committed to pushing known Kremlin disinformation. It's known. She Not even that she didn't know if it was accurate or not. She knew for a fact it was disinformation. NBC News did the same thing. They're, they're hacked materials. It's part of a disinformation campaign. Ben Rhodes at MSNBC, it's disinformation. Washington Post, Max Boot, he's a fake Republican who He's a Democrat, but he pretends to be a Republican at the Washington Post. He said the right to spread false Russian disinformation about American political leaders on social media is not the hill I would choose to die on. So he's he's making the affirmative claim: this is false. The 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 laptop, the hard drive—it's false. It's not real. The list goes on and on. I, we don't have time to go through all of them, and they were completely wrong. They were at the at the very least, they were completely wrong. Probably, they were lying. And now 532 days later, after Biden's been in office for more than a year, now we can admit, absolutely, it's true. We're still not allowed to suggest that maybe the election result was not totally legit. We're not allowed. I mean, that's why I'm not suggesting it. That's why I would, ne- I would never do such a thing at YouTube, though, though you might consider reading about this on Real Clear Politics raises some interesting questions. The, the issue is not to relitigate 2020. That's over. I don't think I don't think that we're going to go to some court and finally have all of this evidence that, that, by the way, you could only get through investigations, through subpoena powers. That could not It could not possibly have been done before January of 2021. This is why sometimes you'll hear, oh, the courts threw out these questions because there was no, no evidence. Right? Well, you, it would have taken time to get the evidence, and you would have had to subpoena that, and the courts didn't want to get involved. Okay. It's not about relitigating that. I don't think President Trump is going to walk into office again in the middle of 2022. But the reason it matters is, what about 20? What about the 2022 elections? What about the 2024 elections? If there are structural problems here in our elections, if people don't have faith in our election system, which, by the way, no one does. Democrats don't. Republicans don't. Huge proportions of both parties think it's rigged and, and that people are cheating. Well, if we don't have faith in that, Why do we think it's going to get better? Republicans are crowing about these poll numbers. Well, the poll numbers only matter if we can trust the elections. We've got to stay healthy as a democracy. We've got to stay healthy as individuals, which is why you need Tessa Mays. Right now, go to tessamays.com. Use promo code Michael, T-E-S-S-E-M-A-E-S.com, promo code Michael. It's the award-winning ranch dressing, vinaigrette, All sorts of American-made, wonderful, delicious-tasting, healthy food. It was started by these three brothers who had a dream to share their mom's recipes with the world. Tessa Mays puts flavor and quality above everything else. And because of that, they became the number one organic dressing brand in the country. All the products are made right here in the good old US of A. They've got a wide variety of kosher, Whole30, and keto products. Whether you're in the mood for a creamy avocado ranch or a light, refreshing lemon-garlic dressing and marinade, there is a Tessa product for every occasion. Everyone agrees this thing tastes great on everything. Dipping wings, pizza, pouring it over a fresh salad. Tessa makes every meal better. These guys are the embodiment of the American dream. They're bringing manufacturing back to America. Their products are incredible. Go to TessaMays.com, promo code Michael, get 15% off all their products. T-E-S-S-E-M-A-E-S.com, promo code Michael. There's a real problem with free speech, not just in this country, but around the world. We're talking about how the president of Washburn University is doing everything he can (laughs) to keep me off of that campus, sending out the email uh, saying that uh, he's condemning me before I even speak, saying that the words that I'm spreading, that boys aren't girls are misinformation. It's a public university, so he has very little recourse. He can't actually keep me off the campus. But you're seeing this at universities in America. You're seeing this on big tech and throughout the, main, the establishment media. I don't even want to call them mainstream. They're not particularly mainstream at all. But so much so that a major political story before an election, presidential election, was completely censored. What's well, happening around the world, throughout the West. Germany has just made it illegal to express support for Russia in the Ukraine war. This from the uh, uh, German Ministry of the Interior. Quote, Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine is a criminal offense. Anyone publicly approving the war may be liable to prosecution in Germany. This applies to using the Z symbol. Two, German security authorities are keeping an eye on the use of the symbol. I'm not saying people should support Russia. I don't don't think they should support the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I'm not saying that uh, people should criticize Ukraine. Obviously, there are, Ukraine's a corrupt country too. there are criticisms to be made, but I'm not saying that at this moment when Russia is invading Ukraine, people should be focusing on the criticisms of Ukraine, though there may be a lot. I'm just wondering, why does this have to be illegal? Why does Germany have to make it illegal to criticize Ukraine or to express support for Russia? What political goal is achieved by that? I am not a free speech absolutist. I wrote a whole book called Speechless about the limits to free speech, the just and prudent limits to free speech that our founding fathers supported, that have existed throughout all of American history. I am far from a free speech absolutist. But why do you why do you need to make this illegal? Does it not suggest an extraordinary weakness in your country, in your political order, that you need to ban expressing support for a country. Support that d- doesn't even seem to be particularly widespread. This is how I feel about Washburn. Do you, do you need to, and not just Washburn, I'm, I'm talking about all these other schools. I, ironically, or coincidentally rather, the last time I flew into Kansas City, also to give a speech about how men are not women. I was attacked and then the president of the university apologized, not to me, but to the students that I was invited in the first place for saying that men are not women. I'm not saying there can't be limits on speech. I think there should be limits on obscenity. I think there should be limits on fraud. I think there should be limits on fighting words. I think there should be limits. William F. Buckley Jr., one of the founder of the modern conservative movement, he said that he saw no reason to protect the liberties of a communist or of a Nazi. Fair enough. There, for much of American history, at least for a lot of the 20th century, it was illegal to be a communist and, and advocate for the overthrow of the American system of government. That was illegal. You could be prosecuted, and many people were. I'm, I'm all for But why do we have to ban the suggestion that men are not women? <laughs> why do we have to, why does Germany have to outlaw expressing support for, I, I don't support the war, but why, why do they have to outlaw expressing some support for some war involving countries that are not Germany? Why? Seems pretty weak. There's some good news for free speech coming out of Finland. The court has just cleared a Finnish official of hate speech. This Finnish official uh, had uh, the Finnish parliamentarian Paivi Rasanen. I'm definitely mispronouncing that. And Bishop Johanna Pohola is, they sound sort of Polynesian rather than Finnish, but I don't speak Finnish. Uh, They expressed the Christian view of sex and marriage. And because they expressed the Christian view of sex and marriage, they were accused of hate speech. And they were brought up on charges for that. Luckily, they just won. The Alliance to Any Freedom helped get them out. And uh, frankly, even this went much further even than talking about sex and and marriage. The prosecution in this case alleged that the use of the word sin can be, quote, harmful and uh, demanded heavy fines. You're not allowed to say the word sin, according to this Finnish prosecutor. Now we see what this is really about. This is not about free speech versus censorship. This is the thesis of my book, Speechless. This is not about free speech versus censorship. All societies are going to censor certain things. All societies are going to have standards. All societies are going to have taboos, things that you're not allowed to say. That's inevitable. That's been true everywhere in the world, and that's been especially true in America. The question is, what are you allowed to say? What are you allowed to express? What standard are we going to hold? The the court here in Finland, thankfully, has made the right decision. But the the argument against it was that this was going to result in a secular blasphemy law. It's kind of a contradiction in terms of blasphemy is when you speak in an irreligious way, speak out against God. And uh, secular blasphemy is is speaking out against God in a world that imagines that there is no God. We've had blasphemy laws in America. For a lot of American history, there were blasphemy laws. No one ever thought that it contradicted the First Amendment. The question is, what are you allowed to say? Are you, what, what are those standards going to be? And, and so we, we, when we argue for these things, it, it's not enough to merely argue for total free speech say whatever you want, do whatever you want. That's never existed anywhere. It's never going to exist. That's the mechanism by which the left took over the whole culture. What you have to argue is an actual substantive vision, which is what we're going to be doing tonight at Washburn, by the way. We're going to be arguing not just for free speech in the abstract. We're going to be arguing for a substantive vision of what sex means, of what human nature is, of what our relationship to our bodies and the physical world is. We're going to be articulating a a way to end this transgenderism madness once and for all. So I hope you tune in. We're going to be streaming it. I don't know if it's at the Daily Wire. I think it might be at the YAF YouTube channel, YAF TV. That'll be at Washburn University. People have very thin skin these days, and and some people are defending that. In the New York Times, uh, Roxanne Gay, an opinion writer, is defending thin skin. The headline is, Jada Pinkett Smith shouldn't have to take a joke, neither should you. Defending Will Smith and opposing Chris Rock. And she says this is, but she says this is not a defense of Will Smith, who does not need me to defend him. Instead, this is a defense of thin skin. She says that in our culture, we're told we need to grow thick skin, be able to take criticism, and certainly be able to take a joke, and not cry and whine and scream and go smack people over it. And that's terrible. That's terrible. Because this benefits the oppressors, and this upholds white supremacy, and this is especially terrible to black women. Yes, she says, these are all public figures at the Oscars. An imperviousness to criticism and ridicule is a necessity for celebrities. But no matter how thick your skin is, or how much wealth, fame, and power you are cosseted, being the butt of a joke isn't fun. Sometimes it's intolerable when you are constantly a target of jokes, insults, incivility, and worse, as most black women are she says, the skin we've spent a lifetime thickening can come apart. We're only human, and so too are the people who love us. So it is a defense of Will Smith smacking Chris Rock over the joke. Chris Rock, black too, of course, but I guess that it's an inconvenient fact for this article. And she says that especially black women should not have to take a joke. You do not need thick, thick skin in defense of thin skin. For everyone? I don't think so. I don't think that this woman would defend thin skin for conservatives, for straight white men, Christian men. I don't, I I suspect she would not defend that. I know she would not defend that because the New York Times attacks conservatives every day, specifically straight white men, attacks Christians every day. Mocks us for our views of Zach, certainly, for our views of religion, generally, for our views of society, mocks us all the time. The left calls us deplorable, irredeemable, bitter-clinging idiots. Should, do, do, do we have the privilege of the thin skin there? No, of course not. What the left says is we, we should be bitten, ostracized from society. So it's only a defense of thin skin for certain people. Because it's not really a defense of thin skin at all. It's the same old friend versus enemy identity politics that we always get from the left. The question is not, should you have thick, which you should have thick skin, by the way, be strong. Fortitude is a virtue, okay? Weakness is not a virtue. Fortitude is a virtue. I know we don't talk about the virtues a lot these days, but it's good. Be strong. Don't be weak. Toughen up. To quote Don Corleone when Johnny Fontaine is crying at him, Godfather, I don't know what to do. You're going to act like a man. That's what you're going to do. Come on, toughen up, buttercup. But what, what this woman is saying here is, you know, conservatives, you need to toughen up. We're going to insult you. We're going to belittle you. We're going to try to make you second-class citizens in society. And we're also going to protect the left from any criticism that you might have. That's a political strategy. And it's not to do with censorship or free speech. In the abstract, it's not to do with being very sensitive or being able to take a joke. The question is, who? has those rights. And the question is, what kind of speech is going to be protected? In a world of woke razors sold by men who cave to the demands of social justice warriors, you can now use a razor that pivots but doesn't cave. Yes, I'm talking about the Daily Wire and our new razor company, Jeremy's Razors. If you're not one of the 45,000 Americans who already purchased Jeremy's Razors, then head on over to IHateHarrys.com to get your founder's kit and subscription now. The launch of our new razor company has been extremely successful. Because of this tremendously positive response, we're actively working to expand Jeremy's Razors team in Nashville, Tennessee. Specifically, Jeremy's Razors is currently looking for an executive vice president as well as a director of consumer experience. This is a huge opportunity, not only to sell razors, but to be on the front lines of taking back power from woke corporations, the sort of thing we have been calling for for years. If you're interested, head on over to dailywire.com careers. This is your chance to join us and help to run the razor company that has sprouted up overnight, taken the country by storm, and and stands to play a really important role in our cultural battles. We'll be right back with a lot more. The New York Times says that we we do not need to get a thick skin and take criticism lying down. No, no. In defense of thin skin, we can all be really, really sensitive, and we should not take any criticism. Meanwhile, at UCLA, the race and equity director is openly wishing for Clarence Thomas's death. Jonathan Perkins, director for race and equity, whatever that means, at the University of California, Los Angeles, tweeted his wish that Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas would die after he was hospitalized. Quote, this whole rule that we're not to wish ill on people is silly. Uncle Thomas, they call him an Uncle Tom they, because because he, although he's a black guy, the, the left refuses to call him a black guy because uh, Clarence Thomas has the audacity to think for himself and not do exactly what he's told by leftists. So because of that, because he has fortitude and intellect, he's not a, a real black guy according to them. He's a white guy. Uncle Thomas is a sexist token who's committed himself to making us all share in he and his treasonous wife's misery, in he and his, I don't know, I don't, that doesn't sound super grammatical, but I don't expect much from directors of equity and race and inclusion or what, whatever fake job he has. I'm over it. He's bad. He's literally endangered lives of countless of this country's vulnerable populations. Literally. He's literally done it. Should Clarence Thomas have to take this lying down? Should Clarence Thomas have to grow a thick skin? I suspect the New York Times would say, uh, yes, he did. Not only does he need a thick skin, they'd probably agree with the director of race and equity and inclusion and diversity and gumdrops and rainbows over at UCLA, who is openly calling for this man's death. Shows you too, just how meaningless these slogans are. the, The left always embraces these slogans, openness, diversity, liberation. You know, they just, they use these really vague, terms. free love. What does fr- free love means? Just screwing around to whoever you want and leaving them in the lurch and then just not having any responsibility. But it's, it sounds really nice, right? Love and freedom and openness and diversity. It sounds really nice. Well, so the, the director of equity, equity, race, inclusion, diversity is just this vicious, bitter man who's calling for the death of a Supreme Court judge because he, he disagrees with him. Does Clarence Thomas need to, to grow a thick skin? I guess I guess he does, according to these people. If you didn't realize it already, I think these sorts of comments should show it to you. This diversity, equity, inclusion, all this crap that has taken over the country in recent years, it has to go away. We have to ban it. We've got to get rid of it. It's horrible. It's terrible for companies, for schools, for the country at large, it's leading to extraordinary racial division, sexual radicalism. It's just bad, and none of this should exist. The people who hold these jobs are complete idiots. They're, these people in a different life would not be qualified to mop up after the elephants at the circus, okay? These are very dumb people with very low IQs and very little education. And they're making six-figure salaries because they're cashing in on political correctness and leftist politics. And the left is willing to hire them to do it because these are the foot soldiers. These are the guys who are enforcing the left's regime, not just in the government, but in corporations and in the media and everywhere else, okay? So they're, they're willing to do it. We need to completely get rid of this. We need to send these, these low lifes back to the unemployment line where they belong that no one has benefited from this. And some conservatives want to play nice and they want to work on, well, maybe we can, we'll try to meet you halfway. No, there's no meeting halfway. The, the equity, inclusion, diversity, diversity, equity, and inclusion, need, DEI needs to D-I-E, as far as I'm concerned, as a, as a political movement and as a corporate and professional movement in this country. It's absolutely terrible. And one university is doing just that. Point Park University is just canceling their office of equity and inclusion. This is a private college in Pittsburgh, and they said they're just shutting it down. Good stuff. Good on you, Point Park University. Absolutely wonderful. What, what does the, the Equity, Inclusion, Diversity Office, what do they even do? Here's the mission statement from Point Park University. Quote, the, the mission is to wholeheartedly foster institutional equity, diversity, and inclusion by raising awareness and implementing strategies and tools to shift mindsets and align all members of the campus community with creating a culture of appreciation, acceptance, and inclusion for all individuals at every level of the institution. I I am willing to offer a lot of money. I'd probably go up to to five figures, six figures even, for someone who can translate that into English. And I'd be willing to wager that kind of money because it's not possible, because it doesn't mean anything. It's just corporate slogan-speak gobbledygook. Foster equity, diversity, and inclusion. What does that mean? By raising awareness. That's actually a communist term, raising awareness. It really took on a, a of popularity during the 1970s with the second wave feminists who would have consciousness raising activities. And that comes from uh, Marxists in the early 20th century and even a little earlier than that. So raising awareness is just another version of raising consciousness and implementing strategies to shift mindsets, shift mindsets to what? And align members with a cu- culture of appreciation and acceptance for all individuals. Oh, for all individuals? What about Clarence Thomas? doesn't sound like diversity, equity, and inclusion wants to include or appreciate Clarence Thomas. They want him to die. It doesn't mean any, it's just, this is what, this is what they say. The mission of the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion is to be really good and nice and really, it's really good and we're really, really good. Do what we say. <laughs> well, what what is that? What is that? It's, it's to push radical leftism. Get rid of this stuff. Get rid, I, I do not know that I could send my child to an institution, whether it's a school, you know, elementary school, whether it's a college, that has a department of diversity and inclusion and equity. It's just, it just means a department of radical leftism. We've got to get rid of that. And so once we get rid of the left-wing terrible institutions, we've got to build up our own. You know what happened yesterday? If you were tuning into The Daily Wire on our YouTube channel or at The Daily Wire website, you... You heard Jeremy's, the, the God King, really big announcement. We are not just attacking other institutions. We are coming on and we are building up our own. We are taking on Disney. Take a listen.
1: Because of the great reporting of Chris Rufo, we got to see leaked footage from inside Disney of high-up Disney employees saying things like, we have a not-so-secret gay agenda. Saying things like, we insert, we, we uh, make sure I get this quote right. We're adding in queerness wherever we can. And that quote, no one is trying to stop the producer who was doing so. Another executive within the company said, if anything, we don't have enough LGBTQIA representation in content made for very small children. So what are we going to do about it? But we're going to do the same thing we always do. We're going to build alternatives. Americans have enormous economic might. They just don't have any alternatives. The Daily Wire is building those alternatives. And today, I'm proud to tell you that we will be launching Daily Wire Kids.
0: (laughs) Daily Wire Kids, I love it. You right now can help us build that future by going to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Uh, if you want, you can pay full price. That would be great. We support it. We're going to need a lot of money in order to do this stuff. Uh, but also, we're, we're so excited about it. If you use code Future right now, uh, this probably won't last very long, but if you do it right now, uh, you will get 45% off your membership, which is an extreme discount. So I, I recommend you do it. I was talking to Sweet Little Elise about this when the Disney news came out. Disney's saying, yeah, we're going to make all of our content super duper trans and gay and asexual. And we're going to put all these super woke messages about sex and race and everything in there. And Alisa turns to me, she goes, well, Mac, Mac, on the bright side, at least
2: we don't need to go to Disney World.
0: <laughs> because my wife and I, we're not huge. I know that some millennials like to—they they'll go to Disney World and Disneyland even without kids. They'll just go on their own in their 30s. They'll just go to, and that's fine. Look, I don't mean to knock it. I don't want to yuck your yum, but that's not what Elise and I would like to do. We're not huge Disney fanatics. So on the bright side, we don't have to go to Disney World. But it is kind of sad for the kid. You do, you want your kid to have a magical experience. You want your kid to have all the fun, wonderful, cartoonish stuff that we had when we were kids. And that's gone, okay? That world is gone. When I was a kid, I loved Pinocchio. I loved the Snow White movie. I love The Lion King. That was one that was made a little bit more recently. I really liked these things. And that Disney is gone. Now Disney is pushing almost exclusively, they say everywhere they can, this radical woke agenda. And the reason this is so bad is not only because it's going to confuse your kid about sex and human nature and race and all this kind of stuff. The reason it's so bad is that it's a bad story. We naturally like stories about princes and princesses. We naturally like certain stories that Disney historically has been able to produce. Those stories resonate with us because they resonate with, with universal tales about humanity. They strike us as true because they speak to human nature. And what wokeness does is try, tries to rewrite human nature. You see this most, especially in the transgenderism movement, because in the transgenderism movement, it tries to say, human nature is the opposite of what you think it is. Men actually are women. Women actually are men. And so when they shoehorn this stuff into movies, not only is it damaging politically, but it just ruins the stories. The stories are not good anymore. Sweet little Lisa said, by the time that uh, little June, our, our little son, is, is grown up enough to go to an amusement park, we're not going to go to Disney World. We're going to go to Wire World. <laughs> and I promise you, I haven't talked to Jeremy about this, but I know he's thinking this. I know he is thinking we're going to build Wire World, and there's going to be a big stuffed animal Andrew Claven walking around that you can go hug and take pictures with. I, I know, because, because this is such an opportunity from the left. Big crisis means big opportunity. That's the bright side. That's the silver lining in politics. Half of this country does not, more than half of this country, does not like the woke crap that the corporations are pushing and that the government's pushing that everyone else is pushing. 60% of the country supports the parental rights and education bill. The 100% of the liberal establishment, and especially Disney, hates Florida's parental rights and education bill, which prohibits teachers from peddling transgenderism to five-year-olds. Everyone in the, in the establishment loves it. And the vast majority of Americans, despite all of the propaganda from the media, the vast majority of Americans support the bill. So that's fine. We are looking around here at the Daily Wire. And we're saying, okay, if Disney and all these other stupid corporations are spending billions and billions and billions of dollars to peddle their agenda, which is unpopular with the American people, then we're going to spend our millions of dollars, a relatively small sum, compared to the establishment, we're going to spend that giving people the kind of content they like. And what's happened? Our company has exploded. I hope I'm not giving away a trade secret, but I don't think it's a real secret. here's, Here's the amazing strategy that's allowed the Daily Wire to grow. Give people content that is truthful, that speaks to the human condition, that is entertaining when we're talking about entertainment content, and don't cram false stupid ideas down their throats. Don't force feed them whatever ideological poison has to, happens to be tickling your fancy that day. And that's going to allow you to grow. And we need you to do it. So if you head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe, use code the Future, you'll get 45% off. Speaking of Disneyland, speaking of California, California has become the first state to implement an actual reparation scheme for black people we've talked about it for years this goes back to that old promise of 40 acres and a mule for the freed slaves that didn't happen there have been in effect a lot of reparations programs over the years that's what that's what a lot of the civil rights programs were about the new society great society rather programs were about that's what a lot of the affirmative action programs were about so there there has been a lot of money spent on de facto reparations but until now we haven't really seen Direct checks to Black people just for being Black people, hundreds of years after slavery. Well, now we're seeing that in California. This California task force has has okayed reparations for direct descendants of enslaved Black people. But but this doesn't make a lot of sense. This does one because people tend to have mixed race, and there were Black slaveholders. Hold, ironically, the the first officially determined owner of an African slave for life in America was a black guy himself. He was a black Angolan guy. So that there, it would be very difficult to parse out exactly who gets the reparations. But moreover, the argument from the left on white supremacy and intersectionality and critical race theory is that racism and the effects of slavery don't only affect the descendants of black slaves, it affects all black people. That if you are black in America, even if you got off an airplane from Nigeria just yesterday, you are experiencing the, the problems and effects of white supremacy. And therefore, you are owed some kinds of reparations as well. So even by the left's own arguments, this, this program doesn't make a lot of sense. But it's, it's very clear what it is. It's, it's a payoff. It's a bribe. It's a bribe from the left to a very specific interest group, to a faction, not a political party, in the high-minded sense of having an understanding and an agenda for the common good, but just an interest group and a faction. You say, we're going to pay you a little bit of money, and you vote for us, and that's how it's going to work. Deeply un-American, deeply wrong, stupid, generally, and by the logic of the left. But that's the way our politics is going. Terrible legislation being passed in California. Really great legislation being proposed in our nation's capital. I've got to hand it to Lauren Boebert. Congresswoman Boebert is uh, proposing legislation that would recognize Emma Wyant as the winner of the NCAA championship. You already saw Governor DeSantis do this in the state of Florida. Now, uh, Lauren wants to do this at the federal level. Uh, This has been co-sponsored by 21 House Republicans, and it's a, a resolution simply saying that this woman actually won the tournament and the winner of the tournament was not that big hulking dude who is pretending to be a woman. I love this. You're going to hear from the left and from the squishy Republicans, this is a distraction. This doesn't matter. Who cares? We need to focus on important things like tax cuts. We need to focus on important things like climate change. This is a pretty important thing. The way our society understands the difference between men and women is much more important than your tax cuts or the sun monster or Any other number of political issues. It's really, really important. Well, Lauren Boebert has no right to do this. Lauren Boebert is, no, she does. Of course she has the right. She has authority. She's a member of Congress. No, the NCAA gets to decide for all Americans what a man is and what a woman is. No, I don't think it does. The NCAA has some authority. That's true. Just like woke corporations have some authority. Just like big tech has a lot of authority, actually. But we the people, still have some authority. In the state of Florida, with DeSantis' resolution, and in the US Congress, with Lauren's resolution. And we need to exercise that authority. If we sit around waiting for the NCAA or the colleges or the woke corporations to come around and get get on board with our traditional point of view, we're going to be waiting a long time. Or we can exercise the, the only power we have left at all in this society, which is through our elected representatives. Absolutely the right thing to do. Emma Wyant is the winner of this race. I don't care about women's sports. I don't generally care about college sports at all. But I do care about this one because I care about what's true and I care about what's just, and I care about the reality of human nature. Emma Wyant run that way, won that race. By whose authority do I say that? Well, by the authority of the U.S Congress, By the authority of the state of Florida. Now, not everything is going great in the U.S. Congress. Madison Cawthorn who's a young Republican representative. He recently appeared on a podcast to spill a little bit of tea about the Congress, dish a little bit of dirt, and to make the claim that he's been invited to orgies and seen members of Congress doing illicit drugs out in that swamp. The sexual perversion that goes on in Washington, I mean, being kind of a young guy in
2: Washington with the average age is probably 60 or 70. And I look at all these people, a lot of them that I, you know, I've looked up to through my life, I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know. It, then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes. You should come. And I'm like, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. Okay, and then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove, you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And it's like, wow, this is this is wild. And then there's also kind of the whole espionage aspect of what goes on in Washington. Of you know, so many people trade in secrets, and there, there's a currency to secrets. And yeah. so. Uh, it, it's wild. And then, you know, there's members of the, of the, the media, the journalists, who kind of will keep nasty stories about you or about other people on a shelf. And then if you're about to kind of speak out against something they don't want you to, they'll come out and say, well, we're about to drop the story of when, you know, 17 years ago, you did X, Y, and Z,
0: and you don't want us to drop that story, do you? So we're, we're going to bully you back into this position. Do you believe Madison Cawthorn? Because what the establishment of both parties has said and the media and everyone else, they've said, how dare he make these crazy, stupid, outlandish claims? This is insane. There's no way this is true. There there aren't members of Congress having orgies. This is completely made up. And when I saw that reaction from the Democrats and the Republicans, I thought, "Oh, he's 100% telling the truth. <laughs> if I didn't believe him before, I sure believe him now. And then I remembered, I said, wait a second. Katie Hill was busted for having orgies with her staff like three years ago. That wasn't even that long ago. And that was just the one that became public. And that was only because we had photographs of it. I have no doubt that what Madison Cawthorn is saying is correct. I don't know how prominent it is. I'm not saying that every member of Congress is going and getting weird. I'm not saying that they're all doing a little nose candy off their keys in the House hallway or something like that. But is there- Promiscuous sex in Washington? For sure. Illicit drugs, even by people who work for the government? Yeah, for sure. Just that, one, just that one alone, just Katie Hill alone. Just within the last few years, of course this stuff is happening. Though Madison has been forced into walking this back. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, who's the Republican leader in the House, he has said that Cawthorne told him that some of the remarks were untrue and exaggerated. Now, as far as I can tell, Madison Cawthorn has not actually come out and said that it was a lie or that it was exaggerated. But the House Republican leadership has come out and said, no, people were very upset about this. They said, name names. If you're going to make this claim, name names. And Madison is not going to name names because it would destroy his relationships with these people because it would immediately put him as far outside of the swamp as he possibly could. Because I bet not all of these people are Democrats. I bet some of them are Republicans too. Because he might be sued for defamation. This might be a long process. And because, as Madison Cawthorn says, everyone's got dirt on everybody. I'm sure people have plenty of dirt on Madison Cawthorn. Everyone's got a past. Everyone's got some dirt on them. And you, I remember this a couple of years ago. The press tried to drop some insinuations that Cawthorn was up to no good and up to shenanigans 15 years ago. Of course this stuff happens. It's a reminder to all of us too. This is one of the big reasons that the culture is constantly pushing us to do drugs, to have weird sex, to look at weird things on the internet, to go do shameful acts is is because it's compromising. It compromises ourselves. It makes it much, much easier to control people, especially in a world of 24-7 surveillance everywhere, on your electronic devices, on cameras, and you know, we have bugs everywhere in the country right now. And this is the way power has worked. In Washington forever, and it's, 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 it hasn't just changed overnight. The, the issue of regaining some control over a, our political system is a lot bigger than just going out and turning out the vote. There are a lot of power centers in this country. Corporate, tech, administrative, deep state as we call it. And they've, and they've got real control. And the reason that it's so hard to crack is because they have real they have real leverage, okay? And, and so if we want to be able to overcome that, we're going to need to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts.
2: Today on The Ben Shapiro Show, we here at The Daily Wire are ready to go to war with Disney to protect your kids. Plus, the Biden administration sees record low approval ratings as the economy teeters on the brink of recession. That's today on The Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen.